Good morning, friends. This is the day that our Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to worship on this day before Ash Wednesday, the day when we are celebrating Women's History Month. And we welcome you to the space of the chapel, to our online community as we worship God together. We also want to extend thanks to Sarah Halteman, who is providing our musical leadership for this service. And listening to that prelude brought a sense of the peace of that tune, It Is Well With My Soul. Peace is something that has changed so much in the last week. The peace of the world has been disturbed. And so we pause this moment before we begin worship for a moment of silence to pray for peace for our kindred in Ukraine and other places in the world who are facing violence. So let us pause and pray. As the text of this tune says, though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Good morning, my name is Emily North and I am the administrative assistant for Sue Cockley and the seminary um, here. And I am delighted to uh, be here today to put together this chapel um, and listening to voices of women uh, throughout history um, that remind us um, and help us see the power of the feminine in our world and in the church and in our society. Growing up in the late 60s and 70s, I remember reading in school about women in the news, like feminist Gloria Steinem and the first black woman elected to Congress, Shirley Chisholm. I got books out of the library about famous women, like Clara Barton and Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Jane Addams. And I remember reading about famous women in sports, like Billie Jean King. I remember in the news about states trying to pass the Equal Rights Amendment, and unfortunately failing. But all of these women and stories serve to empower and inspire me. And so then in college, I got very interested in feminism and took all the courses associated with feminism um, and its influence on society and religion and the church um, that there were possible to take at Goshen College. In the 1990s, I attended Pacific School of Religion in Berkeley, California, and earned my master's in theology. My thesis was on the concept of power in theology, specifically from a perspective of feminist theology, 
comparing that to Mennonite beliefs and practices. Feminist theology is exploring how we understand God through a feminist lens. It has tra traditionally centered white women and their perspectives and experience. The feminist theologians who are most well-known and read have mostly been white, Western, European, and American women. We now can see how this fundamentally centers the experience of a very narrow group of women in the world. However, women from other backgrounds and cultures have also been creating theology. Black women have created womanist, womanist theology. Latinx women, mujerista theology. Women from Korea, Japan, and other Asian countries have created Asian feminist theology. Unfortunately, these emerging voices have been kept on the margins. Seldom are they taught except for classes that are specific to them and may be mentioned in passing in other theology courses. However, these women's scholarship have made our understanding of God and humanity's relationship with God, the earth, and others much deeper and broader and should be taught alongside white women and men theologians. We should also not leave out queer theology, which is an important addition to theological study and deserves its own chapel. Today, March 1st, is the first day of Women's History Month. During this chapel, we will listen to words from women who have cried out for liberation for themselves and their communities. Using the story of Jesus healing the woman crippled for 18 years on the Sabbath, we will celebrate God's healing love shown to all people, regardless of gender, race, age, and abilities. We will lament the injustice that women around the world have experienced and still do, and we will be inspired to be voices, hands, and feet for the liberating work of God's kingdom. Sarah will lead us in a hymn. You can turn with me to number 546 in the Voices Together book, number 546. This is a song that was, is new to me, um, and I suspect it might be new to many of us, so I will play it through one time and then we'll sing um, all three verses together. Thank you. 
Our theme for this chapel is the liberating work of God's kingdom. Now, we don't know exactly where the term kingdom, K-I-N-D-O-M, came from, but we know it was first written about by Mujerista theologian Ada Maria Isazi Diaz. For Isazi Diaz, this term describes how Latinas see God's work in the world, coming through la familia, or the family. God's kingdom happens within a community, sisters, brothers, siblings, working together to bring God's libertad, or liberty. This does not come through the dictates of kings or rulers, but through the campesinos, or regular folk, and through God's kingdom. Melissa Flora Bixler writes, Isazi Diaz dedicated her life to the work of Mujerista theology, where the center of theological study is born from the experience of Latinas. She wrote that for Latinas, this liberation emerges from opening up a space where love invites us into kinship, invites us to join others at a table that grows. This is where the kingdom of God is birthed. Liberation is found not in hope deferred in another world, to life after death, but what can be created now? Isaza Diaz is just one woman who has introduced us to a new way to understand God. Women theologians, mystics, biblical scholars, writers and authors through the ages have had a unique insight and wisdom into this liberating kingdom that have challenged and inspired the church. Nan Merrill, an author and mystic, has paraphrased the entire book of Psalms. She has creatively imagined God as beloved, universal heart, divine breath, to broaden and deepen how we understand and relate to God. We are invited to partner with God to bring justice and healing to the world. For our call to worship, we will read Nan Merrill's version of Psalm 10, which you'll find either in your bulletin or on the screen. I will read one, and you will read uh, the dark print many, and we will end with all together. The beloved says to all who will hear, come walk with me. Let us give birth to a new earth. Light beckons to light. Divine dignity adorns all in holy array. The promise holds true forever to all generations. As companions of the Most High, come, claim your home in the universal heart. Come, drink from the stream of living water. 
Come, feast on the bread of life. These images for God beckon us to a new language. God is beyond male or female images, and God can be described with both male and female imagery. I invite you to turn to number 88 in the hymnal, and you'll see this is a very familiar hymn, Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, are the traditional lyrics, but we're going to be using different words, and they will be projected um, on the screen. As we sing, notice how the images may sound foreign, maybe not completely comfortable, and maybe a breath of fresh air. Notice how they invite us into a different relationship with God. As we sing this together, I invite you to stand if you're able for this very familiar hymn. Praise to the light, the all-gentle, the heart of creation. Our gospel reading this morning is a story of Jesus' encounter with a woman who was bent over or crippled for 18 years. After the scripture, we will hear three different we will th- hear three different interactions or responses to this story. Between each reading, we will have a moment to reflect and a sung response from number 196 in your hymnal. A reading from the Gospel of Luke, 
chapter 13. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and just then there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and was quite unable to stand upright. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, you are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on the Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, you hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger? and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame, and the entire crowd was rejoicing at the wonderful things he was doing the word of God. I invite you to turn to number 196. We will sing each of the verses with a reading in between each verse. So let's start with verse one together.
It is interesting to note in the gospel story about Jesus is that it was only after he had touched the woman and thus freed her from whatever it was that crippled her for 18 years that he then could tell her to stand up straight. And so it must be for us. I'm often struck of how often it is people are denied the right to claim the pain and hurt of racism, sexism, heterosexism, and other systemic societal diseases. Accused of playing some kind of privileged minority card, their hurts are ignored and business goes on as usual. In the meantime, they are left unable to stand up straight. It is not for us to deny or even name their pain. It is for us to hear it and to witness to it. It is our task to turn right side up that which is upside down and pathologize not the crippled bodies, but the narratives that cripple. We must respect the pain of others, even if that means owning the ways in which we have been complicit in that pain. It truly is only when we are able to take the pain and hurt seriously that healing can begin. If we are not to add to a more dangerous world, then we must become aware and knowledgeable concerning the ways in which various laws do undue harm to certain bodies. Sing verse 2.
Later in this gospel reading, Jesus calls the spiritual leaders hypocrites and throws the question right back at them. If you free on the Sabbath your ox and your donkey to let them drink, what then have you to say of my act regarding this woman? Is she not a daughter of Abraham? Jesus lifts up the woman to what she is, a daughter of Abraham, faced with the hypocrites who taught that they were the sons of Abraham, yet who failed to grasp the essence of their own Torah. The woman is a daughter of Abraham. She does not have to become it, to become it by one or another achievement. For 18 years, she has been bound by the power of evil, the power that Jesus calls Satan. And the hand of Christ is sufficient for complete liberation. There is no need for anything else, no approval of authorities, no proof from the woman's side. She is the daughter of Abraham. She is released.
Jan Richardson, in response to our gospel story, wrote this poem. I will read it through twice. Prayer for all things rising. For all things rising out of the hiddenness of shadows, out of the weight of despair, out of the brokenness of pain, out of the constrictions of compliance, out of the rigidity of stereotypes, out of the prison of prejudice, for all things rising into life, into hope, into healing, into power, into freedom, into justice. We pray, O oh God, for all things rising. For all things rising out of the hiddenness of shadows, out of the weight of despair, out of the brokenness of pain, out of the constrictions of compliance, out of the rigidity of stereotypes, out of the prison of prejudice. For all things rising into life, into hope, into healing, into power, into freedom, into justice. We pray, O oh God, for all things rising. As a response, let's sing together in Voices Together, number 809. Number 809, we will sing all four verses.
Thank you, Emily, for planning and organizing such a meaningful service for us and for all who participated, thanks to each one of you. If you wish to know more about the authors whom we heard today, you can find that as an attachment to the bulletin, and they are listed within the program according to what they wrote. Next week, we invite you not to come back to chapel because it is spring break, so we hope that that brings a time of rest and wholeness and rejuvenation for your spirit. Two weeks from now, we will gather once again here in Martin Chapel and online as we celebrate with a Celtic service, and we have a special musical guest, Shannon Dove, from the theater department who will be bringing his Irish music to bless us. So friends, as we go out into the world today, let us sing and bring a new world into being a world where all are recognized, where each one's gifts are honored, and where we all live to the glory of God. Go in peace.
Amen.